0: What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor Donald Leeson and the movie Hustle. First, let's talk about Donald Gleason. Gleason is best known by modern audiences for his work in franchise movies. First, he played Bill Weasley in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, parts 1 and 2 in 2010 and then 11. Then he played General Hux, the rival to Adam Driver's Kylo Ren in the Star Wars sequel trilogy from 2015 to 2019. Here's what I'll say about Hux. I liked him in the first two movies, Twenty. 2015's Force Awakens and 2017's The Last Jedi, but in 2019's The Rise of Skywalker, they completely ruined the character by making him comedic. It was sad. I felt bad for Gleason. In general, the sequel's inability to fully develop secondary characters like Hux, Poe, Dameron, Finn, is one of its major flaws. The two leads in Rey and Kylo are fantastic. The supporting characters, though, have weak arcs. If you go back and watch the original Star Wars trilogy, there's so many characters other than Luke Skywalker, Leia, and Han Solo who have great character arcs, and the sequel trilogies failed to duplicate that success. For example, so many people for decades wanted a Boba Fett TV show because they loved that secondary character from the original trilogy. There is no one in the sequel trilogy who deserves their own TV show, who is a supporting character. Gleason is one of the modern faces of science fiction films. Not only has he appeared in Star Wars, he also had supporting roles in 2009's Never Let Me Go with Andrew Garfield, Carey Mulligan, and Keira Knightley, and 2012's Dread with Carl Urban, and had a leading role in 2015's Ex Machina with Alicia of and Oscar Isaac, who also wound up in Star Wars. Gleason also had a prominent role in an episode of Black Mirror with Haley Adwell. Three of these projects, Never Let Me Go, Dread, and Ex Machina were written by Alex Garland, who is viewed by many, including myself, as the master of modern science fiction. Garland also directed Ex Machina. It was his directorial debut. Donald Gleason has worked with an exceptional list of filmmakers, the Coen brothers, on 2010's True Grit, Joe Wright on 2012's Anna Karenina, Alejandro Iñárritu on The Revenant in 2015, Doug Liman on American Made, and Dara Aronofsky on Mother, both in 2017. One of the things I love about Gleason is his willingness to go back and forth between leading roles like About Time with Rachel McAdams and Margot Robbie in 2013, Frank a very strange 2014 film about a pop band with Michael Fassbender and Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Gleason had support supporting roles in Brooklyn in 2015 with Sir Ronan, the actors who have the best careers are the ones who continually show up in good movies. And that is what Gleason has done. He's been in three movies already nominated for Best Picture, True Grit, Brooklyn, and The Revenant. My favorite performance from Donald Gleason is in Ex Machina where he plays Caleb, a programmer for a Google type company who believes he's won a contest to spend a week with the company's CEO, Nathan. In reality, he's there to test Nathan's AI known as Ava. Vicander and Isaac's performances get all the attention, and rightfully so they are brilliant in the movie. But if Gleason is bad, the movie doesn't work whatsoever. He has to convince you he's fallen for Ava, especially if that ending is going to work, and it does. It's one of the best and effective modern film endings. Gleason's most underrated performances see him playing well-known own real-life people. First in 2017, he played A.A. Milne, the author of the Winnie the Pooh books and Goodbye Christopher Robin. The movie is quite dark and shows how fame ruined a father-son relationship. And in 2018, he played Henry Beard, one of the founders of the comedy magazine, The National Lampoon. In the movie, a stupid and futile gesture. Gleason is unrecognizable in the role. His performance is super impressive. These two movies also show Don Gleason's range, like Goodbye Christopher Robin is a super dramatic part, and then in a stupid and futile gesture, it's really a comedy. The best year of Gleason's career is Far and Away 2015, where he had a leading role in Ex Machina, what I believe to be the best science fiction film of the past 20 years, and had supporting roles in Star Wars Force Awakens, a movie that made over $2 billion, and The Revenant in Brooklyn, two movies that were nominated for Best Picture. I think this is the type of year that every modern actor should strive for. You should want to be in the big blockbuster movie while also appearing in really good movies. People act like when you act in these gigantic blockbusters, that's all you get to do. But Gleason was in the Star Wars movies and was still doing some incredible work in smaller indies and studio movies that went on to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. And let's not act like a lot of people didn't go out and see The revenue the movie that starred Leonardo DiCaprio and eventually got him his first ever Oscar win I mean that movie was a big deal so Gleason was in that and in Star Wars in the same year it doesn't get any better than that for an actor and being in that probably got people to want to go see a movie like Ex Machina I think all of these things build to him being a recognizable name I don't know if Donald Gleason will ever be a quote-unquote movie star but he is a guy who people have chosen to be the lead of movies. And I think it's because of his choices. Look, you can have a really good career without being a super well-known actor. I mean, look at Donald Gleason's father, Brendan Gleason, who's been in really good movies 28 days later in Bruges, Mission Impossible 2, Braveheart. His dad has had a fantastic, quiet career. That's the same type of career that Donald Gleason is having right now. Maybe at some point he's going to be become a bigger name I hope it happens I really like Donald Gleason as an actor but he could be one of those guys who has a decades-long career that never becomes a huge name that just continues to pop up in really good movie after really good movie I mean that's not a bad place to be at all I also think it's going to be really fascinating to see which of the other actors from the Star Wars sequel trilogy really breaks out after that ended I mean you have Adam Driver you have Oscar Isaac, who I believe have established themselves as movie stars, but you also have Daisy Ridley. Like, what is Daisy Ridley going to do after Star Wars? I mean, Chaos Walking was a really bad start. To her post-Star Wars career, you have John Boyega. I have no idea if that guy is going to be a legitimate movie star. It could end up being Donald Gleason, the third guy to join that list of guys who have really good careers after Star Wars. Gleason will next star in the HBO miniseries The White House Plumbers with Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux. The show is about Watergate. That's a career that I could see Donald Gleason emulating, the career of Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is a big name. We all know Woody Harrelson, but he's not a gigantic movie star. He just continually shows up in good project after good project. Yes, we all know him from Cheers. Donald Gleason isn't coming from sitcoms, but over the last few few decades, Woody Harrelson has really become an incredible character actor in movies, and that's the type of career path Donald Gleason should go down. I just don't see him being a movie star leading man, but I do see him being one of those guys who you look back at his career and you go, wow, this guy showed up in 50 incredible movies. Here's a list of noteworthy performances given by Donald Gleason: Never Let Me Go, Anna Karenina, Frank, Ex Machina, Brooklyn, Star Wars the Force Awakens, Goodbye Christopher Robin, and A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Hustle. Here's a quick synopsis. While in Spain, Stanley Sugarman, a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers, discovers Bo Cruz, a uniquely gifted basketball player, and tries to get him from obscurity to the NBA. The film stars Adam Sandler, Juancho Gomez, Queen Latifah, Jordan Hull, Ben Foster, Anthony Edwards, and Robert Duvall standout performances, we have finally arrived to a place I thought we'd never reach. Adam Sandler is consistently doing more and more dramatic work, dating all the way back to SNL to the movies that made him famous, 1995's Billy Madison and 96's Happy Gilmore. Sandler has been notorious for starring in comedies where he's doing silly voices and getting hilariously angry, and he would only occasionally show his dramatic side in Paul Thomas' Anderson's Punch Drunk Love, where he plays lonely Barry Egan. It was really the first time Sandler played an emotionally vulnerable character, and in Judd Apatow's Funny People, where he's playing George Simmons, a stand-up and a movie star who is diagnosed with leukemia and given a slim chance to live. He also starred in dramas that didn't necessarily work, Spanglish, Rain Over Me, Men, Women, and Children, and The Cobbler. In recent years, Sandler, Sandler's dramatic work has gone from irregular to constant. In 2017, he starred in Noah Baumbach's The Meyerowitz Stories and the Safdie Brothers' Uncut Gems in 2019. And in those films, Sandler is doing some of his best work playing flawed but human characters. People were shocked he didn't get an Oscar nom for playing Howard Ratner, a gambling addict in Uncut Gems. I personally think the real travesty that he didn't get nominated for his work in Meyerowitz Stories where he plays Danny, a man whose father doesn't appreciate him even though he's a decent person because he's not successful career-wise. This is Sandler's best performance, and I think it will end up aging the best. I have some theories as to why Adam Sandler is doing more and more dramas. I don't think it's because he wants an Oscar like Jim Carrey did in the 90s. First, the man is in his 50s and has played every version of a man-child imaginable, and nobody wants to see him revisit characters like Happy Gilmore. The other reason, Sandler used to be able to ignore dramas altogether because his movies were massive, massive hits. Both culturally and financially, 1998's The Waterboy made $198 million at the box office. 99's Big Daddy made $230 million. 2002's Mr. Deeds, $170 million. 04's 51st Dates, $198 million. 05's the the longest yard 190 million click in 2006 made 240 million dollars 2007s i now pronounce you chuck and larry made 180 million dollars you don't mess with the zohan in 2008 made 204 million dollars 2010s grown ups made 271 million dollars and its 2013 sequel made 240 and 2011's just go with it made 204 million dollars Sandler was the king of comedy for almost two decades when it comes to the box office. It was to the point where it didn't even matter if the movies were good or not. You couldn't deny they were successful because they made boatloads of money. Sandler's recent comedies, My Boys in 2012 and Pixels in 2015, didn't fare as well at the box office, and his Netflix comedies like 2017's Sandley Wexler and 2018's The Week Of have been critically bad and cult- Culturally ignored. The thing that has kept Sandler relevant and in the mainstream recently is his exceptional work in drama. His late career shift seems like a choice, but it also feels like a necessity. People are always asking the question, why do comedians like Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, and Bill Murray do drama when they're brilliant at comedy? And the reason is because comedy does not age well. They cannot do their shtick when they're in their 50s. Robin Williams' later comedies were not very good, but his dramatic work was aging great. One of the reasons people are not talking about Will Ferrell, one of the funniest comedic movie stars of all time, is because he's unwilling to do more dramatic work. He just wants to keep doing the same comedies over and over again, and nobody wants to see an almost 60-year-old man do the thing that made him famous when he was in his 30s. I think that's the reason reality of the situation, and I think it's why most comedians are looking to make that shift to drama. I mean, it's easy for Adam Sandler to ignore dramas when he's on top of the world in his mid-20s as the biggest movie star on the planet doing these silly movies with his best friends, but when that type of work isn't working in his 50s, he's gotta do something else, and that's exactly what he's done. It's why a guy like Steve Carell does a movie like Foxcatcher, because it adds to his career longevity that he can do dramas. He can't play a character like Michael Scott when he's 65 years old. Humor just doesn't age well. Sandler can do a drama like this when he's 70. He can't play a character like Happy Gilmore when he's in his 70s though. That gets us to Hustle where Sandler is playing a basketball scout who dreams of coaching, who has a traumatic backstory. One of the things that's jarring about Sandler now is we are used to seeing him as a young guy with boundless energy. Now he's playing characters who have physical ailments. In this movie, he's got a messed up hand, and in the Meyerwood stories, he had a limp. Seeing a celebrity that was well known for their youthful energy age is quite strange. Also, his relationship with Queen Latifah in this movie is one of the only believable romantic pairings he's ever had on screen. Most of the others, he has zero chemistry with, the outlier being Drew Barrymore, they had legitimate chemistry in The Wedding Singer and 51st Dates. It's also worth noting, Sandler worked with Robert Duvall on this movie, an acting legend, and it got me thinking of all the greats Sandler has shared the screen with. James Kahn, Jack Nicholson, the late great Burt Reynolds, Christopher Walken, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino. It shows that while the media and film critics may not think that highly of Sandler, these acting icons clearly do, and that speaks volumes Sandler's co-star Juancho Hernan Gomez is an NBA player himself, and this is far from the first time an NBA player has starred in a movie. You have Michael Jordan in Space Jam, Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway in Blue Chips, Ray Allen in He Got Game, Kevin Durant in Thunderstruck, Kyrie Irving in Uncle Drew, Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems, and LeBron James in both Space Jam Legacy and Trainwreck. This is also the second Sandler movie in a row where his His co-star has been an NBA player. Again, Kevin Garnett was featured prominently in Uncut Gems and Hernan Gomez, reminding me a lot of Ray Allen and He Got Game in that he has to hold his own against an established movie star. No, Adam Sandler is not Denzel Washington, but he is a major movie star, and like Allen, Hernan Gomez more than held his own. The other NBA player who blew me away in this movie is Anthony Edwards, who plays the trash talking rival to Gomez's Bo Cruz. He's super brash like I love everything about his performance. Adam Sandler's next movies are Spaceman with Carey Mulligan and Paul Dano and Murder Mystery 2, his third film with Jennifer Aniston, and Sandler is set to work again with the Safdie brothers on their next film. I really do love basketball movies, and there have been some really good ones. You have Hoosiers, The Way Back. My personal favorite has always been White Man Can't Jump. A recent basketball film that Hustle reminds me of is Steven Soderbergh's High Flying Bird, That film, like Hustle, shows the modern state of professional basketball. What I really liked about Hustle is the fact that it showed how hard it is to be a pro ball player. In too many sports movies, they just show the games and not the grueling training process. It not only shows how difficult it is to make the NBA, and it makes you the audience root for Bo Cruz. It makes you care about the character. There are so many sports movies where you don't care about the character because they're only showing them playing the sport but when you see him train you start to care about him that's why Rocky is one of the best sports movies ever because you see Sylvester Stallone putting in the effort to win the big fight so you care about Rocky in this movie you will end up feeling the same way about Bo Cruz I think a lot of people are writing this movie off as like a cliche good feel sports movie I don't see it like that like I don't see it like it's Hoosiers. When I watch Hoosiers, I really like that movie, but I think that movie is really just full of cliches. I think this movie, Hustle, is authentic to what basketball is really like, and it also has that added element of Bo Cruz being discovered on the internet. Like, I think this movie is quite realistic. I didn't find it corny. I felt the plot to be very plausible and believable, and that's why I think it's effective. It also doesn't have that moment than most sports movies have where everything goes the character's way out of nowhere like Robert Redford hitting a game-winning home run in the natural. Like there's not a moment in this movie you see the character of Bo Cruz actually put in the effort to become a great player. It's not like he's getting beaten bad and then out of nowhere he starts dunking the basketball like a madman. That's usually where cliche sports movies go. No, this movie is super realistic and grounded. Overall, hustle is a great addition to the sports movie genre. It's very entertaining. The basketball is shot with care and precision, and seeing Adam Sandler dip his toes into dramas is quickly becoming one of my favorite things. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I highly recommend you go back and watch the work of actor Donald Gleason and check out the movie Hustle. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the career of actress Sarah Paulson and the movie Cha-Cha Real Smooth, starring Dakota Johnson and Cooper Rafe. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.